from the palm processional, according to St. John. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The disciples were confused. They saw what Jesus was doing. They heard what he was saying. Some even confessed why or how he was doing it. Like Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But through it all, until the end, they did not believe it. They did not believe him. They cannot see that everything Jesus does, he does entirely for the benefit of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But for them, his sayings, his miracles, even all the events of this holy week were just a scattered collection of puzzle pieces. They can't draw it all together with understanding. And they don't exactly trust Jesus either. Some of, some of it makes sense to them, and other parts stick out as bizarre, alienating, even counterproductive. Think about how Jesus interacts with the Pharisees and scribes. Or think about Jesus' reaction to Peter when he denies Jesus his cross. Get behind me, Satan. They can't assemble the puzzle because they don't see the picture on the box. Jesus has been laying out all the borders and giving snapshots of all of the picture from the foundation of the world. The serpent would strike the sun's heel and the sun would crush the serpent's head. Jesus had given prototypical figures of his messiahship in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, Solomon, Samson, and the rest. The prophets, major and minor, foretold everything that happened, is happening, and will happen. The prophet Zechariah, for example, today, saw Jesus riding into the holy city on a donkey. The pieces have been laid out, but they just can't seem to make all of this fit together. I think we ought to have some sympathy for the disciples, though. I'll give you maybe a contemporary example. I went back and checked my Palm Sunday sermon from two years ago, and it was clear that we were all pretty confused then. We could see that there were significant things happening in our world between the leaders and the pharmaceutical giants and the technology firms and all the media conglomerates. They were working together in concert to fight a virus. But I think, if you were like me, you suspected that the pieces didn't quite fit. There was more to the story than all of the things we were being told. How does this all work together? Of course, you can't really see the big picture until you have the benefit of hindsight. 2020, after all. Long after the reset was underway, the frauds were being exposed, and the reality that they projected revealed, unraveled as falsehood. You probably don't want to or can't see it all anyway, with all the players and every move contributing to whatever the final goal and purpose is. 
Actually, it may never be clear why what's happening is happening. So we should, again, have some sympathy for the disciples. But not only them, the women, the crowds, even the religious and political leaders responsible for abandoning, mocking, shaming, blaspheming, condemning, even crucifying. You have the benefit now of the 40,000-foot view where you can see from horizon to horizon, from Adam to the new Adam, from the old creation to the new heavens and the new earth. You can see it all because God has revealed it to you. But in this moment, as Jesus rode in on that donkey, it was really hard for them to make sense of it at all, as John tells us. Even if you knew the scriptures as intimately as they did, they still didn't understand. And it didn't stop with Jesus rising from the dead. In John's Gospel, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, saw the stone rolled away, and ran to retrieve Simon Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved. Even witnessing the lack of a body and the folded-up burial clothes, the evangelist records, for they as yet did not know the Scripture, <laughs> that he must rise again from the dead. Hadn't he told them many times already, long before he even died? And yet they still did not know it. Mary remained behind and appears to believe after Jesus appeared to her and called her by name. Thomas comes to faith when Jesus appears to him and shows him his wounds in his side and his hands. But actually, the rest of the disciples still aren't on board, even after he appears to them, even as he eats breakfast with them by the Sea of Galilee. Peter seems to catch up with the miraculous catch of fish, but isn't really believing until Jesus forgives him three times. Feed my sheep. Even after he rose from the dead, these disciples, who knew the scriptures quite well, and had heard Jesus speak to them quite directly, they were still disbelieving for joy, Luke tells us. Or, in other words, it's too good to be true, and it's too amazing to be believed. It says something about faith. It is necessary to know the bare facts of history as recorded by Moses, the prophets, the evangelists, and the apostles. Know your Bible, of course. But just Bible knowledge alone doesn't save. There's academies full of Bible scholars to prove that. It's also essential that you assent to the Scriptures being true. That is, all the Scriptures. <laughs> From the account of creation all the way to the prophetic vision of the final judgment. The scriptures are recording for you real history, past, present, and future, with faithful accounts, giving true wisdom and accurate knowledge, and even handing down to you traditions of pious prayers and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But just knowing that the scriptures, what the scriptures are, and assenting to them being true, that does not yet save you is what's going on in our text. St. Luke records another event that happened on Easter Sunday evening. Two disciples walked with Jesus from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Even having heard that he had risen from the dead, they still didn't recognize him, even as he walked with them, 
And so, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They still don't see him. They don't see him until he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. So even more profoundly, when Jesus appeared to all the twelve in Jerusalem, he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. But here's the key. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it, is, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And now you are witnesses of these things. That's when they come to believe. When they receive the promised power from on high, the Holy Spirit, who was given to them at Pentecost, that's how Jesus opens to them their understanding so that they might comprehend the scriptures by way of his spirit. So what that means for you as Christians, what it means for the apostolic church, is that seeing and believing Jesus is to behold the glory of his suffering, death, and resurrection. We never move on from Holy Week and from Easter Sunday. It all is of, of a whole. It's the full picture. Palm Sunday only makes sense interlocked with Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter, and Pentecost. And there, God will work, the Father will work by sending his Son's Word, and sending the Spirit to reveal that Word to you so that you have understanding, you assent to it being true, but even more profoundly, that you believe that all that Jesus has done and will do is for your benefit and your good. What that means then is that everything that the Christian church has, has received from Jesus, which he has instituted, and everything that has been established since, is for that purpose, that you would see Jesus, and that seeing Jesus, namely Jesus' suffering and death for you, you would be forgiven. The scriptures are open to you daily as Jesus first baptizes you and then absolves you over and over, continues to teach you and feeds you with the forgiveness of sins in his body and blood. That's the key. That's when they come to understand. They did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered the things which were written about him. Then they remembered when they beheld Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the key that unlocks all the scriptures for them and for you. He is the image on the puzzle box, and all scripture testifies of him. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support. 
and give today.